Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. So, yeah, so Hudson Standish, my colleague at Horns 24-7, mentioned yesterday that Cam Williams, uh, through practices, has been working some at guard and running with the ones. I, I, I would say this. So when I was out there today... We didn't see that because when we when the online goes through individual, it's mainly just fundamentals. It's footwork, it's hands placement. Kyle Flood's always doing something in the individual for like just fundamentals and technique. But I'm told that not just Cameron Williams, but this is he's doing a lot of cross training right now. Kyle Flood is just get a look at guys in different spots, planning on different scenarios. So I don't I don't think it affects the depth chart that much. And you talk about portal moves. I'm assuming you mean the guys going into the portal. I mean, with the offensive line, to me, it's way too early for some of those guys to know where they stand. Uh, like, take a look at the guys that didn't play a lot last year, right? Like, DJ Campbell's going to get his shot right now with Cole Hudson out. I mean, you still got Cole Hudson there. Connor Robertson sure. probably going to be your, your – is going to have a chance when he gets healthy to be your backup center. You know, Malik Ogbo, Nato Meazulu, they're getting plenty of reps right now. And then the rest of them are the true freshmen, which a lot of those guys probably knew they weren't going to play mm-hmm. right away. So, I don't – I. I don't think you're going to have just this abundance of offensive linemen hit the transfer portal just because there's a lot of numbers there. I think what you're probably looking at is at the end of the fall, that would be my guess would be when you're going to see if you see O-line attrition. Not to say you won't see it after spring ball, but I think some of those those big names that realize, okay, now I'm going into year two, going into year three, and I'm buried on the depth chart, and I don't see it getting any better, whatever the case is, I think that point you would see some guys start okay. to move on. Okay. All right. So that's just where things are with the offensive line. But, you know, that group, it started, you know, you can see the makings of a group that should be one of the better offensive lines of the Big 12. And I'm not just talking about because you return a lot of starts up front. You return everybody that started last year. But you look at the strides Kelvin Banks continues to make. People forget about Kelvin Banks. Like, he's not a finished product. He played really well as a true freshman and exceptionally well for a true freshman, but he still got development. There's still development mm-hmm. that has to go on there. Sure. Uh, you know, Christian Jones was a late bloomer in football, didn't, didn't play football until his junior year of high school. He's still got some developing to do. I think Jake Majors, it's more physical development. I, I'll tell you this, Craig, and not just because I've seen him on the practice field, but he, there was, a, I think, a basketball availability two weeks ago where I was leaving Moody Center and he mm-hmm. was walking into the parking garage. I don't know that anybody, and I'm talking about the offensive line recruits that I've covered at Texas, I don't know that anybody has worked harder or done a better job to reshape their body from the time they committed to the program to like being in it in year three than Hayden Connor's done. Yeah, just Just an unbelievable body transformation he's gone through. Put wow. in a lot of work. Uh, so the upside with him is really high. I think he's one of your better run blockers. Talked about DJ Campbell and Cole Hudson. So I think there's still a lot of stuff to be determined. And plus, if I'm one of those backup offensive linemen, I know this. Texas got through the last, through last season basically only using DJ Campbell as a replacement for the Baylor game when Cole Hudson got hurt. It's basically the only time you really needed to go to your bench for a backup offensive lineman. It's very, very, very rare that a college offensive line goes through all 13 games with the same five starters playing 95% of the snaps through the season. So chances are you're going to need some of those backup guys. And I think that's why I said I think some of those guys will stick it out because, hey, if someone gets hurt, I might have an opportunity to 
you know, get a job and then you, you think you don't relinquish it. So whatever, still plenty of time for everything to sort itself out on the offensive line. Like I said, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't assume just this glut of attrition is going to happen. Okay. All right. Uh, and a lot of people wanted to uh, mm-hmm. re, kind of reset what I yep. talked about in the first notebook. I went into it more in depth. You can get that at hornfm.com when it posts. Uh, Kim, is that posted yet? First hour notebook? It is. Hornfm.com. Okay. Hornfm.com. Go check it out. Uh, Malik Murphy, full participant while we were out of practice today during our media viewing window. Jonathan Brooks, back as a full participant coming off that hernia surgery. Isaiah Nair went through a few drills. Haven't seen him do that yet, so that's hugely positive. Keelan Robinson's still out. Jalen Catalan's still out. I'm, I'm imagining, I don't think we'll see much of Jalen Catalan at all this spring. I'm not expecting right. it. How much did you get to see of C.J. Baxter? Uh, A little bit. Chip, Chip Brown, my colleague, Chip watched more of the running backs and yep. quarterbacks than I did. I was watching more offensive line receivers right. and trying, trying to see what I could see with the defensive guys. Mm-hmm. But he, he looks the part. I mean, it's, he's... Good looking Joker, man. That's the way that if you're building a running back, that's the way you want them to look when they're a freshman. Yeah, yeah. And and to be to have the full bodied look, the thickness that he has, still quite shifty and quite fast. Yeah, just stick a foot in the ground, get vertical, and he can go. Yeah. So again, you know, these guys, a lot of these guys haven't been in scrimmage situations, which is going to start happening this week. But yeah, I, I really like the makeup of this backfield. Even losing the two guys you lost. It's still a backfield that's got a lot of talent, and it's got some versatility still. I just wonder, you know, going back to what we talked about in the first hour with receiver, I, I kind of I'll get into the, on get into this with Rod and Matt on mm-hmm. Longhorn Blitz, which we're going to record after we're off the air. I wonder, you know, tr- I'm trying to figure out what the identity of this offense is going to be because the the identity of the 2022 offense it ended up being Roshan and Bijan. That that was your identity. Sure. I wonder though. I feel like the identity, and I've, I've, we've talked about you know position versatility and multiplicity and positionless football and all that stuff. We talked about that on the Blitz, and I would love it if Sark went there. But I think the identity of this offense, Craig, I, I've got a feeling like it's shaping up to where it's going to be perimeter skill talent, just perimeter playmaking, and throw the running backs and J.T. Sanders into that group too. Right. Perimeter playmaking, but at the same time, the offensive line needs to be up to snuff as we know Sark wants to play with a physical edge. Sure. We know he wants to run the football. And his offense works much better when you can run the football. You, know, you get into all your RPOs and your play action stuff, and that's when you can take your shots and everything else. Sure. Um, I just wonder how that balance is going to come. You know, and I, don't, I don't mean it like a pass to set up the run type deal, but how much versatility do you have to have in your running game? How dynamic does that running game need to be in terms of your calls? When you had Roshan and Bijan, you could just call inside zone, outside zone, and those guys could do the rest. Right. You might need to have more gap schemes for this group. You might need to have uh, more stuff where it's it's counter-type stuff, uh, where you pull in more guys. You might just need to do that, for, for the not necessarily for this offensive line, but to help out your running backs to carve them out more of a designed path. Rather, just, Very rarely do you get two guys like that in this day and age that just have natural feel as runners like those two guys. I think you're just going to have to bring more diversity to your run game with the backs you've got. And hopefully you've got the offensive line now to do it. You're on record as saying last hour that the most indispensable player right now is J.T. Sanders. Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. I would put him number one. Okay. Kelvin Banks, number two. Okay. Um, I would probably, if we're including the whole team, I'd probably go Jalen Ford at three. Okay. 
I think Jalen Ford's that important. Yeah. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Those would be my top three. Okay, yeah. there's our Longhorn notebook. As we get ready, heading to our final break here. Just looking at a really uncomfortable shot. I mean, uh, uh, Rick Patina was introduced as the head coach at St. John's, and he was there at the podium. He looks happy enough, but he was there with a priest that was there from Father something or other from St. John's. Father, I handle basketball. You know, <laughs> that that deal. Uh, him and Val Ackerman, the Big East commissioner, and then they all looked rather, and, somebody, and the athletic director, and they all looked rather uncomfortable, except for Patino. He looked quite comfortable. 